Welcome to this Guardian Protection Podcast special with me, financial journalist John Lappin. As you may have seen, Guardian recently sponsored research from charity Young Lives v Cancer and held an event in London to present the research to partners, advisors and the media and to raise funds for the charity as well. The key findings from the research were very striking indeed. It found that having a child with cancer can cost families almost £700 a month. The majority of families also suffer a loss of income and earnings as a result of parents and guardians reducing hours or taking time off to take their children for treatment. For almost a third, the loss of income and earnings is £10,000 or more. The research also found that in nearly a third of households, at least one of the adults had to stop working entirely following the young person's cancer diagnosis. To discuss the research and indeed what messages it might have for protection advisors and what influence it might have on protection conversations, the podcast attended the event and spoke to Sesame Bankall's Head of Protection and GI Propositions, Emma Thompson, Paradigm Protect's Director of Protection, Mike Allison, and New Leaf Distribution's Managing Director, Dan Hobbs. First, we talked to Guardian's Head of Marketing, Rachel Welsh, and asked her why Guardian is sponsoring Young Lives v Cancer and what she felt that support had achieved to date. We also asked Rachel to touch on the experience of one family who had been supported by the charity. The reason we decided to support the charity is because what they do is brilliant. The the work they do is amazing. And we learned more about that as we started to work together. But that is also the most important reason for, for doing this partnership and working together on this research. But if we take it back in time a little bit, um, where this the, the conversation started to start doing this research and working with Young Life versus Cancer was based on feedback we were getting from advisors. They were telling us that they find it quite difficult to have conversations with their clients about children's critical illness cover. It is obviously a really sensitive subject. People don't want to talk about their children getting unwell. But it got us thinking about what we could be doing more to support advisors to have those conversations. And we we were aware and we'd seen and we'd used some research that Young Life Versus Cancer had run similar to what we've run recently back in 2017 into the cost of living with childhood cancer. And the figures at that point were really alarming. The, the charity hadn't revisited that research, like I said, since 2017. So we reached out to Young Life Versus Cancer and sort of asked if that was something they were looking to do again and whether it's something we could perhaps support them to do. And they were. They were really keen and they were really wanting to do it and refresh that research as well. And there was more that they wanted to know. A lot's changed since 2017 and the like, economic crisis we're living in at the moment. So they knew that the results were probably going to show a little bit differently. So that's where it sort of started from. And as the research started and we started to see some of the results coming through, it was, yes, yeah, quite shocking. I think you mentioned it earlier, John, but Additional costs of almost £700 a month for a family whose child is diagnosed with cancer is quite alarming. I'm not sure many of us will just have an extra £700 in their bank account ready to use for those scenarios. So, um, yeah, it was obviously really important research and really important findings. As we sort of started to see those those results coming through and we started to learn more about what the charity we're doing for these families and they start to share some more stories and actually the report that we've released does share some examples of how those costs add up from real life examples of people sharing why they're spending so much more on travel and why they're spending so much more on in on childcare or food or whatever those additional costs might be we started to sort of feel that there's more that we could be doing and there's more that we wanted to do 
So that's what led us to sort of coming about and doing the, the event Life United that we held. We wanted to be able to offer some some more support above just sponsoring the research. So yeah, that's why that's why we did the, the event. The event obviously raised some really important money for the charity, but probably equally as importantly, lots of awareness as well, which we're really um, pleased to be doing. The, the event was just the start of a campaign that we'll be doing to raise awareness about children's critical illness covers and using this research to, to highlight that. To come back to that final part of your question there, John, about the family that attended the event and spoke, yes, we had a mother came along and she was sharing her experience of her daughter who had, who had, has, was still living with childhood cancer. And actually, it was a very real story. The mother had actually came from hospital to share her story with us on the day and just spoke about how her, her and her husband had had to effectively give up work to take time out, spend time at the hospital, look after their ill daughter. And this has been going on for several years. And listening to that story firsthand in the room that day was really powerful and really emotional and really high end. And for for the mother that spoke, it wasn't all about the financial support that the charity were offering. It was that emotional support too, just keeping them all together as a family over the last few years. So yeah, really powerful story. And I think that helped sort of really resonate in the room that day what we were doing, why we were doing it, and what as an industry we could be doing better. Now we'll hear from Emma Thompson. What has struck Emma most about the research? I think for me, it's the added cost of being sick. The fact that seven in 10 households have a real impact on their income, that they actually lose income as a result of a loved one being ill. Um, And that's really where we can make a really powerful difference in terms of the protection space to make sure that people are actually mitigating against that potential risk. And how do we raise the profile of children's CI? It's not just the fact that the child is sick, it's actually that the parent has to take time out and actually then lose their income as a result of becoming a carer and wanting to focus on their child and making sure that they are there for them through all their treatment. So what we really need to make sure is that that critical illness conversation takes place, as well as an income protection conversation as well, because actually some of the income protection policies have carers benefit to them as well. So there's lots of things that we can do to actually help consumers make sure that they have got that financial protection in place should something awful happen to themselves as adults or something actually happens their children. Emma then discussed the importance of stories and getting the message across to customers. I think for me, a lot of protection is all about stories, telling stories. You know, the stories that we heard today were so powerful. You know, you were looking around the room and there were people emotionally really affected by the stories that they heard. So we need to make sure that we can actually translate that to people because ultimately we all want to try and think that nothing's going to happen to us. And as a cancer sufferer myself, you know, stuff does happen, you know, both to us as adults and to children. So we need to make sure that we're actually helping consumers understand that Things do happen that there are stories to actually illustrate what could, what, could, what could be in their future, but also to making sure that actually they can understand that there are solutions available and whether that be, you know, through, as I said, lots of crit- the critical illness policies or options like Guardian Offer where you can actually add on children's critical illness to other policies as well. It's really important that we make sure that that's part of the conversation so that people are protected when they, when they suffer a really awful tragedy in their lives. We also asked Mike Allison what had struck him about the research. And he noted that actually research like this can really help get the message across in terms of protection and protection conversations. I think the the absolutely blinding one was the amount of money it actually takes once a child has got critical illness, um, you know, on a monthly basis, the £700 a month on average for parents to have to fund that at a time when things are going really bad from, from a, um, not just a commercial point of view, 
but from a, a, an emotional point of view, was just amazing. And I think, you know, we all think about, you know, how much it would cost to park there or do that or do that or come. But 700 quid a month is an amazing amount of money. And that was the one that absolutely stood out for me. It's a case of raising awareness massively about those numbers and communicating and communicating and communicating again how, you know, so many families suffer these sort of really, really, you know, bad emotional problems for them and don't understand sometimes what the commercial impact is on their lives. And I think it's it's, it's uh, something that, you know, the whole of the market really needs to think about when advising clients with children and clients who maybe are looking to have children to think about that in terms of the overall protection policies that they're going to write because it's so easy just to think about simple life, simple CI, simple IP without thinking about the impacts of issues like this, which are just clearly so terrible and cause major, major financial and emotional issues to, to customers. We also asked Mike, how do we change the emphasis so that clients and maybe some advisors don't simply see children's CI as an optional extra? It's more questioning, it's more looking at the fact find, it's gathering those really core details out of the fact find and like looking at children rather than sort of, as you said, disregarding them previously. It's not an add-on, it's, it's part of a core benefit and children should be looked on individually as people who, you know, sadly suffer these diseases um, just as much as adults do and the percentages, you know, show that in terms of the, the critical illness claims on children. And I think it should just be something that we can all do to drive the awareness even greater than it is now. That, you know, it is a standalone product. It's something that you know, parents should be looking at for their children on an individual basis. So we put the same point to Dan Hobbs about children's CI and whether it might be regarded as an extra as opposed to something more central to a recommendation. Before, you know, it used to be included in most providers' policies. And it was maybe given that, you know, most providers just say, like, oh, you've got your school's plan and you've got your, your children's kids included. Um, I think there's been a movement in recent years where potentially they've taken it off, it becomes an add-on. It does require then advisors to realise that you need to talk about this now. And, and maybe there's been a, little, a, a lack of advisors doing that. So education is really important, specifically around children's kick. That's something now that really needs to be sort you know, talked about big time across the industry as well. And that's something that networks like us can help with, for sure. We asked Dan to elaborate on how training could help. Don't get me wrong, because most advisors we work with are self-employed people. They're, you know, the business in their own right. We're here, you know, from my perspective, on a compliance network. We help them, we train them. We can't force them to do anything. But we are responsible for what they do. So we need to make sure they have the right understanding, the right tools. We've had to put resources into that. And we have to audit them and check them. So part of our job is making sure they are actually, uh, you know, bringing these products to the table as well. And that's something that's very important for us, especially since consumer duty came in recently. Um, you know, the conversation around protection generally is really to make sure that we uh, make sure our advisors are up to date with all the most recent products. And this sort of thing is really is really good for clients, obviously, to have. And clearly, you know, from what we've seen today, uh, it's going to be something that we need to, to encourage our advisors to really push to all of their customers going forward. Finally, he spoke about the event. It's fantastic to see a provider like Guardian doing this sort of event as well, because a lot of providers don't often go on a charity route like this. And to highlight something like this today and really see 
the actual impact on end clients as well. It's something we don't really see much from the intermediary side. So I was really, you know, quite moved by the story that was told about the young girl who had leukemia today. And uh, it's great to be here to to be part of this and therefore be really part of the, you know, the, the sort of conversation around it as well. And uh, I'd like to say to Guardian, well done for bringing us all together because there's a lot of people here in the industry who maybe wouldn't have had this event otherwise. So, Rachel, what do you take from what we've heard from Emma, Mike and Dan? Yeah, so let me take those responses in turn one at a time. I love the fact that Emma brought up telling stories. Um, as a marketeer, I, that's completely something that I get and I believe in. And we all know as an industry, those claim stories, those customer stories are the absolute best way to sell what we do and explain what we do. I just obviously mentioned earlier in the podcast about the, the the mother that joined us at the event telling her story and the impact that had on the day. So yeah, that's one that sticks out from Emma's comments around those that storytelling, making sure the messages get through. If we move on to to Mike's comments, I think Mike quite rightly talked about the importance of raising awareness, and I think he said communicating, communicating, and communicating again when talking about advisors to customers about this, about the, about children's critical illness cover. This research is arming advisors with the statistics to have a really informed conversation about children's critical illness cover and how important it is to have that and the impact it will have on a family. So, yeah, Mark, Mike's point about keep talking about it, keep raising awareness, keep using the, the stats is what sort of stuck with me in, in his part. And then finally, um, Dan, sort of similarly to Mike was talking about that education piece. I think you we've seen a we have seen a change in the market over recent years. Guardian being one of those people that have moved to making children's critical illness a sort of more optional choice for for um, people buying protection, which I completely think is the right thing to do. If you don't have children or not planning to have them, you should have the option whether you have it or not. But that does mean that it's even more vitally important for advisors to make sure that they're having the conversation. They can't sort of, in a way that they maybe when it was included with critical illness cover, you could potentially have hidden away from the conversation more in the policy. But now we're, we're asking for a more active, more proactive conversation with clients about children that they've got and the children that they plan to have and what might happen to them financially if that child was to become unwell. And I think Dan also touched on on compliance and consumer duty, which is really, really important. And that the compliant compliance departments are going to expecting advisors to have really understood each individual customer, policyholder, what they need now, what they need in the future, and making sure that that compliance style does show that they have had the right conversations. So yeah, that was a really important point there from, from Dan. So as a, as a final point, what is the message you want to get across to the market? For me, the message we want to get out to the market, and I've mentioned it a couple of times now, is about having the children's critical illness protection conversation. It was the reason for doing this research. Just to recap on the findings, almost £700 a month extra costs if, your child, if a child in the family is diagnosed with cancer. But that's coupled with a loss of income from parents having to take time off work. With the 30% of those almost £10,000 a year they were losing. These are big numbers. So if there's anything that I, I could put out there off the back of us sponsoring this research and the campaign that we're running at the moment is just have the conversation. 
a small extra cost each month, the financial security of covering your children is um, a thing that I think most parents would be very open to having a conversation about. And unless that conversation happens, um, they won't know what's available to them as parents. Yeah, that's it. Just one big call out. We've had the Children's Critical Illness Protection conversation. That's it for this Guardian Protection Podcast special. We hope it's given you a few things to think about, which may help you with some of the conversations you have with clients about their families.